Welcome to Podcast Therapy. I'm your host, Suzanne Whitman. Let's face it, trying to find a new podcast is like going down the proverbial rabbit hole. But if you're listening to Podcast Therapy, I do the work for you by featuring favorite podcasts from friends, listeners, and even interviewing the podcasters themselves. Join me every week for a new episode because podcast therapy is cheaper than retail therapy. Hey, Lindsay. Hey. How are you today? Good. I feel like I shouldn't say this. I feel like this Monday was actually a good Monday, which is rare because usually I feel like it's disastrous, but like I woke up, I ran outside, like everything. I got all my projects done for work. I got some errands done. I was like, what's going on? There's something's going to happen later. Yeah, that's (laughs) really productive of you. Yeah, it's been rare because I think I, I was like, I think I've been healthy in 2022 for two days, three days, like it's just been rough. You and me, same, same hit with all sorts of stuff this year. It's been a really rough 2022. Yeah. It's been weird. Like just thing after thing after thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't even see people. <laughs> yeah, really. But you have a baby who's sleeping right now. So, yep. So that's really good. Yeah. He, so he, has slept through the night probably since he was a month and then there was like a period of time where he didn't but then he now he goes to bed at like 5 36 o'clock and then sleeps until like five o'clock how old is he he is almost a year so he'll be one on saint patrick's day oh my goodness i'm not even going to tell you what age (laughs) my son finally slept through the night we were very crabby parents but okay so (laughs) Lindsay so excited to have you here because of course my favorite part um even though I do want to learn about other podcasts that I can listen to my favorite part is learning about the people that I talk with and so um we kind of know each other a little bit but I really don't know much about you so um, if you want to introduce yourself to the listeners and then just um, go ahead and share who you are, what you do, what's happening. Sure. Sure. I feel like we didn't get as much time together because we joined the same group mm-hmm. and I was really active. I think before you were joining or like for a short period of time. And then I was gone for a while because I decided like, okay, I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to be a maternity. I'm not even going to do the personal things like that. I have meetings where I'm just going to take a break. Um, so let's see. I recently started, I am a remote rant writer. So I live in Wisconsin and I work for a company out of Tulsa. So I feel spoiled because I think like everybody's looking for this amazing remote work opportunity and I don't know how it happened, but I created this list of all the things that I was looking for in a job, met with people, did all this stuff, worked and worked and like had some breakdowns. Like, is this ever going to happen? Am I going to find something? Um, but yeah, I love my job. I, um, get to write, which I love. Um, it's my first nonprofit job, non nonprofit job, I should say. Mm. Um, cause it's actually a business, but I get to help nonprofits. So I get to write different grants and, um, do a lot of research for nonprofits throughout the country, 
which is really interesting because like one week you'll be writing about, you could be writing about like a youth serving organization. The next you could be writing about an arts organization um, in another state or just so many different things. So it's kind of fun. I'm a nerd. Like I like to research about different things, uh, probably like ad nauseum, like I don't need to do that much research before I buy XYZ and I will like just like dig way too into it. Um, but yeah, so I am from central Wisconsin. I was born in another country. I'm Korean. Um, I moved to the United States when I was adopted, but I was raised primarily in central Wisconsin. I'm pretty much the only person of color in a lot of places growing up, which I feel like um, where you live, you've been probably used to that situation all too often. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of interesting, like identity, trying to figure all that out growing up was really interesting. And both my parents are white, um, but I feel fortunate because um even though I'm adopted, my mom was a social worker. So my parents were really aware, like they made sure we understood things. They helped us. They took us to events. They made sure we had role models who were people of color, even the small town exposed us to stuff. We traveled. So, I mean, they did the best that they could um, living in small town, Wisconsin. So what did you go to school for? Um, I... (laughs) I'm someone who probably still hasn't figured out exactly what they want to be when they grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to school for communication and then um, public relations was my minor. So, um, or my emphasis, and I have a minor in Spanish. So um, it's confusing for people because I'm Asian, but I speak Spanish mm. and I don't speak any Korean. Like I know three or four words in Korean, but that's it. Are you fluent um, in Spanish? Um, not anymore because it's like one of those things, if you don't use it, you kind of lose it and I haven't used it in a while, but like, I usually will like read or do a few things and then it can kind of pick back up. But so I never say that I am fluent either because I'm not a native speaker. And there's so many things that like, if you're a native speaker, you just know. Um, but yeah, and I'm trying to think of, and then, so I don't know what I want to be when I grew up, went to school for all those things. Um, went and worked in the nonprofit world when I was in college was really just like, I just want to have a job where I'm not working retail. I could be off on the weekends. Like it's just going to be a job. And then I just got suckered in like loved working with kids. Um, I worked for the boys and girls club and I just, there were so many experiences that really just opened my eyes and it really just made me interested in nonprofits wanting to make an impact. Um, so then graduated during the recession, that was kind of a disaster, you know, work multiple jobs, moved to green Bay. Um, and then I've also gone to school. I started two different master's programs, um, one at Marquette for public service, and then the second one at GB for social work and have yet to finish either of them because I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. You know, you're not unique that way. I think a lot of us, though, (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of creatives out there and they just like, like you said, you like to learn. Um, And then you just, you find a lot of different things interesting. And so then you kind of get pulled in one direction or the other 
so going back to growing up, you said you were adopted by Korea or by white parents. Mm-hmm. Do, uh, do you have siblings? I do. So I have a two siblings, neither of them. I am, I am not biologically related to either of them. One of them is white and he is my parents' biological child. And the other is also Korean and he's older, but I'm the baby and the only girl. Oh, wow. That must make for really interesting family dinner discussions. I mean, right. I, just, I feel like, although you kind of got acclimated to how your own family is, I'm sure it's not that, it's not that weird or, but I still think it would be interesting especially as, a, as, as you were younger and you, did you recognize that you were different? Yeah. I think it, what really helped was my mom really in like, there was no, I mean, there was growing up, there were always some microaggressions um, in our, that we, you know, combated against, but I think having a parent who, you know, was doing social justice work and understood and had conversations with us about our differences, but then also instilling confidence in us, um, and then having those kinds of conversations, I think was really good. Um, my mom actually did social work and she did a lot of like um, group work for Asian and like mom girls. And she um, did a lot of research herself and like made sure I was exposed to all the same programming that they were exposed to. So doing artwork and doing other things, going out into the community, seeing Asian women in the community. So I think that really helped. Um, And then my brother, who's white, always says, like, his experience was really different because he got to see what our experiences were like growing up. And he got to see, like, if we ever encountered racism or if there were issues that he wasn't facing that he saw firsthand, it helped him to be more empathetic and understanding of other people and their, like, different life experiences. Um, So I think that it was really unique, but I think that we talked about it. It wasn't like this elephant in the room that wasn't mm-hmm. talked about. So I think that really helped. Like I've heard of other Koreans who have been adopted and like, they've never even eaten Korean food. Like their parents um, never taught them anything about the country that they were born in. Like we went to Korea, we got to have like, get to, got to go there, see, and we had like an immersive experience. So I think it just depends on who your parents are and then mm-hmm. kind of how they support you. But I also think like our parents, we have really in-depth, intense conversations about everything. We're not a family for small talk. Like we talk about politics. We talk about like, we talk about really intense articles or just books or things that we saw in the news. There's not a whole lot of like, what about the weather today? It's usually like, okay, let's dig into this right away. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be really cool. And especially like you said, your mom being in that um, line of work, she would be very understanding. And, and you, it sounds like you had a lot of good experiences because of your parents. So that's really neat. Yeah, I think it was helpful. I mean, granted, I still, I think had to fully understand that I was not like all my friends. And like, Mm -hmm. I think for a while I went through the phase of wanting to fit in um, because I didn't, I wasn't always fully accepted. And I think there were more like microaggressions and I think there was more silence from those relationships than from my family. Mm -hmm. I think like of growing up and saying, yeah, I think I, this happened. And you know what? I think that this teacher might've been racist and my friends would be like, that is not what that is. Like you're overreacting. Mm -hmm. And 
So it's just been interesting now having people come back and say, oh, you know what? Like I was wrong the whole time. Like, I can't believe that you had to deal with all of us and have that experience. But yeah, it's, I think it's really interesting and I, I'm not sure I'm trying to like look back and some of the people I've already talked to about this, but you know, one of the things I think that the generation that, okay, I know that you essentially, I know you weren't born here, but essentially, you know, you're American, Asian American, right? Um, <clears throat> but the generation that is born here and born into a family perhaps of immigrants, right? And then what is, and how do they feel about where they fit in? Um, I think is really interesting because I think even myself growing up, um, and, and I grew up, as you know, in Canada, and I don't feel I'm necessarily uh, witnessed as much, I guess it sound really bad, as much racism as since I'd come <laughs> to the United States, but um, because it was, I, I grew up with a lot of different, um, different people. I mean, every background you can imagine, but the whole thing about fitting in, right. It's just, I, I think that's a lot of us. I mean, even as still, as we get older, it's like, how, where where do we find that group that makes us feel like we fit in? And so when you talked initially about the group that we met in, um, mm-hmm. which is the Northeast Wisconsin, Asian Pacific Islander, Desi <laughs> American, or the new APITA professionals group that um, we're a part of. Uh, I, I do tell people that even though it's different, like Korean and Hmong and um, I don't even remember everybody, Chinese and, and Filipino. And even though we're different and yes, we do have a lot of differences. I felt really comfortable with mm-hmm. the group right away. And I think I'm pretty sure we met on zoom, didn't we? Yeah. We and it really was I, like, let's all get the few Asian people we know together <laughs> and just talk. I found that like connection happened and really quickly when we did that one outdoor in-person event I think you just found you connected with people much faster Mm -hmm. and I feel like it didn't feel like there's I'm not an extrovert all like it takes a lot for me to be an extrovert so like it was really easy to have forced uh like forced interaction with people I didn't know Mm -hmm. compared to like other situations I found it to be a lot easier um but yeah I think that growing up no matter where you are, one thing I remember reading was that for Asians, especially Asian women um, and Asian girls, there being such a lack of representation in media Mm -hmm. really shapes the self-worth and self-confidence. So that's like why so many Asian women feel insecure about their looks or want to fit and change their hair, change the way that they look, because there's there was literally no representation aside from like the sidekick that was on TV for like five seconds of the white girlfriend who, you know, was the main character or even just in like, you think about like music, you think about everything and even models in, I think in Asian countries a long time ago, they were all half most of the time um, because that was their perception of beauty. Yeah. And that's interesting how this is changing now. And so I've had some people kind of knock representation when I've talked to them and I was like, no, you don't, you don't seem to understand. And they weren't of Asian descent. They were um, white. And I'm like, you don't understand when you grow up and you, when you watch movies or 
watch television shows or look at magazines and everybody on the cover is white and blonde and blue eyed. Um, there are plenty of little girls that say there's something wrong with me. I want to be white and blonde and blue eyed, right? They, that's what you see. And so, I mean, I even know for me, there was a time where I, that's, I wanted to be that too. And it, um, and it was really hard to be, you know, this teenager who had darker skin and darker hair and, um, you know, everything, it seemed everything was different and trying to fit in with others. And so it's what I think is kind of ironic in my world is, you know, I ended up marrying somebody who's Caucasian and then we have three kids. And so two girls and a boy and the whole time, not the whole time, but I mean, for a good chunk of my uh, teenagehood, I was wanting to be white and my youngest daughter wishes that she was full Asian like me. <laughs> she wishes she was full Filipino. And I think that's really funny. Um, I said, don't worry, honey, you look Asian. People can tell that you look Asian. So, uh, but, and then I know um, some of the work that you did in the past, uh, you, you worked for the Green Bay uh, Chamber of Commerce. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, I think you were doing that when we initially met as well. Uh, were you doing any kind of diversity work while you were there or was that something completely different? Um, not necessarily in my, like, I would say in my specific title, but I was a part of and still am a part of the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Task Force. And I'm on one of the committees. So I'm on the Board Diversity Committee, which has been, um, I think we're the group, one group that came up with like a tangible resource to use, which was really good. Um, there's a couple other people in there. And I think we have a really good group of people who, you know, challenge things and are very outspoken and um, are very authentic. And I think that in kind of makes it easier for me to come as I am and to, mm -hmm. you know, approach conversations. So um, that's been the only work that I've done for the chamber that was in that area. I also did, um, when I was there, um, start to do the internal work because um, I think one of the things that was going on is, you know, great things happening outwardly, but I think, you know, you gotta look at your own yard before you start to try to clean up someone else's. Mm -hmm. So we had started to do some internal work, looking at our policies, looking at training, looking at education because, um, those things were definitely necessary for, I mean, for any organization, it's important to do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, as we had talked initially about some of your favorite podcasts, and obviously in the line of work that you do now, um, you were listening to some fundraising podcasts, but we're not going to talk about those. Because the one that I did look at, I was like, wait a minute. They only had like six episodes and the last one is, was in November of 2021 or something. And I was like, yeah, that's no good. Cause that's not a lot to listen to. So, you know, I went in a different direction. And so before you tell the listeners, which podcast that we'll be talking about, um, do you remember how you found this or if you searched um, for this or how you came about this podcast? <laughs> I think it was like 2015. And I literally just got podcasts on my phone and it was like one of the most popular ones. And it was like 
I think that was like the really height of like happiness. Everyone was talking about how to be happy. And um, there were books, there were documentaries, like everyone was really interested in the science behind happiness. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, at the time I was doing um, some pretty intense, like emotionally intense work. And then I was also in school. So I was like, okay, this will be light. This will be good. So that's kind of how I found it. Um, I was commuting a lot. So it was nice to just have something to listen to while I was doing that. Um, that also just kind of was like a vacation from everything else that I would be going to yeah. when I would be going to work or going to the office. So something that was kind of um, just a break from everything. Yeah. So um, I obviously have, so we're talking about the happiness podcast with Gretchen Rubin, um, who I'm, she wrote a book, right? Years ago too. And Yep. So she's written, um, she wrote the happiness project, which was the first book that was wild, like very popular. Um, and then she wrote, um, have it with me better than before, which is another book that she's written. Um, and she's written, I feel like she's probably written a few more, um, since then. So it's a lot of just talking about happiness, talking about, um, habits, talking about really just like self-exploration, really learning about, who you are and how you can then form habits, knowing and recognizing like your own behaviors and your own inclinations to like better um, be more productive or to, you know, kind of change your, uh, I guess, change your mood if you're unhappy or if you're stressed out or trying to a lot of like self-care stuff. Do you, do you have anything that you can um, share that you actually took from that podcast that you do and maybe that you do on a regular basis that does put you in a more positive state of mind? Sure. So I don't know the exact like podcast or what the or episode is, but yeah, I, so like for me, I like a slow morning. I, I wake up in the morning and I have kind of like this ritual like it's a habit kind of ritual where I you know like to wake up slowly I drink my coffee I enjoy it um and then I kind of have the same routine of like listening to podcasts reading and like writing down you know the three things that I want to accomplish that day um and then just kind of then going into my day rather than I think before I would be like staying up till 11 or 12 and then I would wake up at 6 30 and I would need to be out the door by like seven o'clock and then I was just starting the day and showing up really stressed out or um, just frazzled and just not prepared so I think um, I don't know exactly how that all came together because it's been a while, but I know that was something that really um, helps me. Um, I think the other thing too is, so within the four tendencies, one of the parts about it is learning about um, kind of like your personality. Um, and I learned that I'm an obliger. So I do really well meeting outward expectations. Like if I have a supervisor who's like, you need this project done at this date, um, or if someone's like, I need you to bring this to the party, like I'll do those things. Mm -hmm. But if it's an inner expectation, like, Hey, I really want to start working out every single day for myself. Or like, I really want to get, um, you know, to get all my steps in or whatever it might be. Like I have a really hard time, um, upholding those inner expectations. Mm -hmm. So just kind of learning about those different things, um, was pretty interesting, um, 
So they're yeah. a lot deeper because I've only listened to maybe two episodes since we talked about it. Um, and I think, um, I believe they were just talking about that they celebrated us seven years of having a podcast, which is a really, yep. really long time. And then they were kind of rehashing some of the things that either, the, like you said, some rituals that they themselves do. So it's not just Gretchen Rubin, it's Gretchen Rubin and, and a friend of hers, right? So it's Gretchen Rubin and her sister. So Gretchen is, um, (laughs) she's kind of an intense person. And if you dig into her, I'm kind of, I was like listening to it and I was like, okay, I don't want to dig into her too much because then I find out, you know, she's super privileged and like, then it becomes less exciting and interesting for me to hear everything that she's saying, because I'm like, okay, like, yeah, sure. uh Uh-huh. But, um, and she's like, Ivy League educated, but she's very smart. She's got this, you know, really, she's, you know, type A plus, I would Mm. say, like, whereas I am maybe have some of the tablets, but not, but then there's like her sister who I love because she's like a writer for a television show or a showrunner for a television show. And she's like the exact opposite. She like doesn't write lists. She, so it's just these really, you know, different perspectives, which I think um, makes it fun. Um, and they're sisters. So I think there's like a cool, fun dynamic to it. Um, it's usually fairly light. I mean, sometimes they talk about things, but like I said, sometimes you just need some fluff. Like you don't, right. I think that it's, it's okay to, uh, have some fluff sometimes. And, um, and one thing that's really nice is I think they do a lot of like, try this at home. Like mm-hmm. I like tangible things that I can go and try myself. I think one of the worst things is if you go to a conference or you hear someone speak and they're supposed to give you this like monumental, like life-changing, um, life-changing presentation and there's nothing you can take and use or apply, then I just feel like it's a waste of time. So I enjoy that even in their short, little, um, happier, like three minute things, there's always little tips and things that you can try. Um, And then they even have like templates and tools that you can download from their website, which I think is nice. And they're free. Most, um, I'm sure there's some stuff that you have to pay for, but how rare is it to find something where someone's not trying to hustle you out of X, Y, Z for like every single thing to get involved in that they do. (laughs) Yeah. So I haven't discovered that, um, but I did. uh, Okay. So there were two things I thought about. One was, I believe there's a happier app. I don't believe I know there is. And I, because I, I think I did, yeah, you have to pay for, but Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Cause I just downloaded it and it didn't ask for payment though. Maybe there's a free, version. like a free version. <laughs> we'll see what this is all about. TBD. Yeah. I was driving. Sorry. I was driving and I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so we'll see about the app, but then they, uh, I think her sister was talking about, they do have like merchandise and things like that, that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, that support the podcast, but there was one thing she was talking about and it was um, a couple things like to-do lists and how that can be. And I, I thought about it a little bit, but uh, I used to think I am that person that has to have a to-do list. And then I also found it very, gave me a lot of anxiety when you couldn't cross off the things <laughs> that you wanted to get done. And then you just put that onto the next day's list and it just never seems to go away. Cause you know, there's always something on there that you're don't want to do. Um, but then they also said, so they talked about gratitude journaling. And what I found really interesting is I also tried to do that. And I think it probably is around the time that they came out and uh, it was really hard for me. 
<coughs> sorry, because it's not like it was not that I wasn't grateful for anything. It's just writing it down felt very forced. Have you ever done that before? Um, I think I've tried to, but it, like you have to be in the right frame of mind. I think like some, it's funny because I used to listen to this podcast a lot more. And I think like, as I've grown, there's parts where I'm like, yes, I'll use this. And then there's parts where I'm like, definitely not like applicable anymore. I think it's interesting how, like when I started listening to this, um, I was probably engaged. I was in school. I was younger. And then like now having a kid and like, just being a little bit more aware and like just a different person, like, okay, like some of this stuff is a little bit like too much fluff for me because um, on the other side of the spectrum, my second favorite podcast is uh, Terrible Things for Asking, which is all about toxic positivity. <laughs> that is the complete opposite. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the one thing though, going with the journaling was that they said they, they have um, this journal called, oh, I think it's the one sentence journal or something yeah, like a one sentence a day I think they have a couple different ones but I think one sentence a day is feasible right and I was like oh that's brilliant because the idea <laughs> of sitting there and like writing this list of all the things I'm thinking like thankful for I feel is can is it's almost so forced it's almost fake right mm-hmm. that's that's the feeling I got when I was tasked with hey let's all try this at our place of work we're all gonna start a gratitude journal and write this stuff. And I just like, as I'm reading, I'm like, this sounds so fake. Like, it, I don't know. I didn't like it, but the idea of just like one sentence and maybe, you know, at the end of your day or something and saying, okay, it was a rocky day, but you know, here's the one good thing that came out of today, whatever that is. I was like, yes, I can do that. So <laughs> I will look into that because I hear that that is something that um, for a lot of people to uh, kind of put it out there, whether it's on a piece of paper or to say it out loud, um, expressing gratitude is supposed to be really good for your soul or your brain or something like that. Um, do you practice that at all? Um, somewhat, I do a lot of like affirmations. So like in the morning, um, another, um, I like to read in another book that I read and talked about, like it's called your spiritual gym. So like Mm. you do your spiritual gym for 30 minutes every morning. So like you find out like what your things are and it has to be 30 minutes can be 15 minutes. It has to be something that's like realistic. Mm. I think when people make those routines really long, then like, it's just not sustainable. So yeah. So like for me, like I will, like I said, I like wake up, I have my coffee. I drink it slowly. Um, sometimes I listen to like a Ted talk or a podcast. I kind of sometimes think about, look at like goals or things that I've been wanting to talk, like think about, or just kind of just at least thinking about it, not necessarily working towards something. Um, so I, and then I like, I'll set the intention for the day of like, okay, today I'm going to like be kind to myself and to others and just really try to focus on that. Um, And then like, I just pick the three things that are most important that day. Like, and I think it's hard because when we think about work, it's like so easy or just life in general to have like a list that just goes on and on and on. And that just creates even more anxiety. So I think it's just really thinking about those three things that are the most important and just at least focusing in on those things um, really helps me at least. That explains why you had such a good day because you have this, you have this ritual. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. Like 
like I said, like, like today was a rare day where everything actually happened, but I also do try to like meditate in the day. Um, sometimes I don't drink as much coffee because I found that can actually create more anxiety for me. So like I'll drink a matcha latte instead. Um, okay. if I'm feeling anxious. So I always just try to be really like thoughtful of like how I'm feeling that day and just, you know, listen to my body. And if it's like, no, caffeine is making us like stressed out and panicked and it's not working out for us, then I'll do um, like a matcha or even just going outside for a short bit of time if I can. But I mean, I'm very fortunate working remote um, allows me to do that. Um, It's usually trying to fit this in. Um, My son wakes up and I feed him and then I put him down for a little bit and then I get like maybe an hour before he wakes back up and then I have to like rush to like get him all ready and then take him to daycare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad we're talking because this is not, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have time for this conversation at like a networking event or something. And I wouldn't know this about you. And I feel like I could learn more. I, I love all the things that you're talking about as far as rituals and even meditation. I'm really like, I have so many things on my plate, um, which is very typical. I think also of the people that I surround myself with, we're just Mm -hmm. such doers. And so, and you will hear, um, uh, you know, maybe one of the past podcasters going forward, you will hear the people that I talk to and they're involved in so many things. And, um, because we, we just want to get things done. And, you know, there's an old adage about if you want something done, ask a busy person, um, because they'll make that work. But today, you know, in this day and age, I think, and especially with the whole pandemic, I'm hoping, but I'm not seeing um, that more people will focus on, you know, what we're calling right now, generalized self care. Uh, But I, I like that you are very intentional and that you're thinking about, you're not just drinking the coffee, but you know, you're, you're taking your time and you're thinking and you're being very present. And I love that. Um, and I think that's important, but there are a lot of people who out of the pandemic, who I thought maybe would slow down and realize priorities. Um, just, you know, when the doors open back up, they were out running and I feel like I'm one of those people where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm running all over the place and I'm doing all these things and I have so many things that I have to accomplish. And now I'm like, I have got to like slow down. So I could take a page from your book. I think for me, um, like this didn't happen by accident. This happened as a result of like actually burning out. So Mm. um, when at one point in time I was in school I was working and I was like volunteering at a bunch of different places and just doing a lot of things. And, um, I always think of the phrase, like you can do anything, anything, but you can't do everything because I was actually trying to do everything. Um, I was on a video call with a coworker and I was packing for these two conferences. I was going to go work at one conference for my internship. And then I was flying out to go to another conference to present for my job. And I was packing and I fell and hurt myself. And I just kept packing with my hands as I was in the call, because I was in such a mode that like, I just had to do things Mm -hmm. because I had so much on my plate. And I look back on that. And I think that is what made me realize, like, I need to start setting boundaries 
and I need mm -hmm. to start priority prioritizing myself because the fact that that like was my like mode of like I just kept going I didn't even mm -hmm. stop to like take care of myself yeah. I think that was like okay this is a wake-up call for me like I need to kind of get it together um because I mean I was doing everything but I wasn't doing anything well so mm -hmm. I think it's just important to prioritize ourselves, and as hard as it is to say no I think setting boundaries can be so healthy it's just hard because we don't live in a world of direct communicators all the time so sometimes to say no it's just not always well received and you feel like guilty about it mm -hmm. and um, people are are just not used to it so oh that's me that's totally me <laughs> um yeah because I I think, you know, you know, a lot of us as women too, in general, we're people pleasers and we're trying to do it all. And maybe we're trying to prove ourselves. Um, um, and so we take on more than we should. Uh, I've heard the word boundaries. <laughs> um, I've heard priorities and I'm like, huh? Yeah. Um, not sure how to do that yet. I'm still working <laughs> on it. Um, and partly it is, you know, there's so many things that I'm interested in. There's so much I want to do and accomplish. And, but at the same time, I'm just like, oh yeah, like I have got to figure out. Cause I don't believe, um, I, I don't know if I read an article or maybe listened to a podcast about work-life balance um, is almost a joke because it's, you can't do it, right? So it's almost more, like work life, I don't know, like you said, priorities, just trying to prioritize what are the most important things. And, um, and to give you an example, uh, I was like, I was finding myself a little bit later getting into work and I physically have to go to work. And uh, the reason being is because I take my daughter to school. And there's a reason behind why I take my daughter to school, but I felt like I, I was explaining myself to somebody that work and saying, I'm, I'm a little later than usual now because I have to drive her in. And I just, I, you know, and it was like, you don't need to explain. Um, that's your priority. Your child is your priority. And it's like, I know, but I feel guilty and I feel bad and I need to be everywhere at the same time. So yeah, I have a lot to work on. Is there anything else you want to share? Um, uh, Cause I always have to be very cognizant of everybody's time. Is there anything else sure. uh, you'd like to share before we get? Going? Yeah, I would say one thing that you can look into that is really interesting is so they always do like a 22 for 22 or 21 for, or oh, yeah, I heard that. so their thing is rest, uh, rest for 22. So it's like creating a rest ritual. So in kind of a similar way of like what I was talking about, but also different is just finding a way to rest and having there be routine to it. So I think that can be something to, as you're just saying, something that you can kind of look into and maybe there's some good ideas that will stem from that. So I think that's really helpful. And then the other thing is, that's really a good strategy that I just remembered that they talk about is make it hard to do the wrong thing and easy to do the right thing when you're trying to do a habit. So like if you're trying to eat healthy, make it really hard to do the un like eat unhealthy and make it really easy to eat healthy. So like for me, like that might just be like 
putting the ice cream in the basement freezer rather than putting it upstairs in the freezer where like it's just easy to just grab it and keeping the healthier food like in eyesight and then putting the junk like further away or just simple things like that so yep um I have tried to do some of those things and usually it does work I agree but I have to think like you said I have to be more intentional about those other things that I need to try so it's a good tip don't either yeah. don't bring home the ice cream. Um, don't, <laughs> don't keep it in your house. I know at one point I was like freezing um, Girl Scout cookies because, you know, I felt it like I had to taste good that way. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what, that's the bad part. Right. So here I was like thinking, oh, this is great. Cause it's just going to be, you know, hard for me to eat them. And then you're like, oh, wow, these taste really good. <laughs> um, so that didn't work. And that's why I don't buy the Girl Scout cookies. I feel really bad. And I feel bad for not buying Girl Scout cookies. Right. Cause you want to support them, but right. <laughs> my waistline doesn't want to support them. So anyway. <laughs> Well, Lindsay, I'm so glad that we had this yeah. chance to talk and I got to learn more about you. And uh, I feel like you're a very calming force. And I, I love that you um, made the decision based on your experience to kind of slow down. And, and of course you do have a new baby that, um, and that's such precious time. I remember when my oldest was um, really little and uh, a mom had said to me something about, no, I don't think I'm, I think I saw this on a television show or heard someone say this, something about the year, the days go slow, the but days the, are year, long and the years are yes, short. Yes. The days are long, but the years are short. And so that kind of stuck in my mind because when you're in the midst of the diaper changing and the bottle feeding. And my, my thought was always, am I always going to carry a diaper bag? And back then the <laughs> diaper bags were not pretty. They were, they look like diaper bags, right. With little elephants on them or whatever. <laughs> oh, and then you couldn't like, you say, this is my really chic tote bag. You're like, no, that's a diaper bag. Uh, but it's true. Right. So I had heard that early on. And so I remember just like looking at my kids, if one of them would be like asleep on the couch next to me and really taking that in because it'll go by and then those will just be your memories. Right. And so, so take advantage of this time that you have while your baby is still little and love them up and all that good stuff. So, but yeah, so mom to mom, there's some advice from me. Um, but thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. And um, yeah, if there's, uh, you know, I always say to everybody that hopefully we'll talk again in the future, but uh, I think th there's some good things that we could get from this podcast. I think I do feel like I want to listen a little more only because like you, a lot of the work that I do is very heavy, very serious. And sometimes I just need to not be making decisions and thinking I just, my mind needs a break. So mm -hmm sounds like a good one so thank yeah. you Lindsay. you're very welcome all right well all right to good to see you take care bye-bye hey guys as usual i really appreciate you listening to the show as my guest list grows i'm finding more podcasts to add to my own library you'll have to come back again because i've got so many great guests coming up including two more interviews with other podcasters Anyway, follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like the episodes, leave me a review so others can find me too. 
Also, because I'm an independent podcaster and not affiliated with a media company, I do everything on my own. If you'd like to support this podcast, feel free to buy me a coffee. See the show notes for details on how to do this. For everything else, like questions and suggestions, you can DM me on Instagram. I'll feature another episode next week, so make sure to come back and make time for some podcast therapy.